Welcome to Zero to CEO, where seasoned entrepreneurs will teach you how to succeed. I'm your host, Jason Sherman. In today's episode of Zero to CEO, I have with me intellectual property and business attorney, founder and managing partner of Emerge Council, Stephen Weigler. Welcome to the show. Thanks. Thanks for having me, Jason. Probably the longest title I've ever said on this show, I think. <laughs> well, <laughs> a, lot of, a lot of hats you wear. And today's episode, we're going to talk about how to protect and build value in a brand. This is such a great topic because of the fact the pandemic for three years launched so many new brands and people really are new at it, right? They don't really know what to do with their brand or how to protect their brand. Um, I recently had to get a trademark for my startup and I had to try to secure the domain name. And, you know, it's it's difficult when there's a lot of squatters out there. So before we get into all the different questions I have for you, how do you protect your brand if you chose something that is being squatted on by trolls and whatnot? People are just trying to make a buck off, off your name. Sure. Well, I think first you have to look at what is brand because a lot of times people think that brand is just the name. Well, the name is the name. So when you say, what's the name of the company? Um, and I say Emerge Console, which is the name of my company. Um, that's the, that's in just the name. The right. brand is the entire customer experience. And so I, um, when we start working with clients, um, protecting brand isn't, it's what I do for a living, but the first thing to look at is, well, what what are what's the essence of your company? What is the essence of what you're doing? And if you look at it that way, um, it becomes that much harder to really kind of knock off. So um, it, it's, it's really important for the enter- entrepreneur at a very early stage, if possible, to really set at least dream and figure out um, what's the essence of that company. Is it is it going to have a certain color scheme? Is it going to have a certain customer experience? Um, and so, for example, we know if you go to McDonald's, now you might not think that's the world's best hamburger, but you know what the customer experience is. With right, you know what to expect. You know what to expect going into it, and that's kind of what you're saying in terms. I mean. If I think about like an e-commerce business, which there's probably 10 million of them online, um, you know what to expect going into that pretty much right off the bat because you know you're going to be buying something on their site. That's what e-commerce is. So what kind of legal steps can a business take in that perspective? Because now like McDonald's has how many competitors, you know, Burger King, Wendy's, you know, a couple companies, but e-commerce has like a bazillion. So how do you protect your brand in that huge pile of e-commerce? Sure. So you have to figure out what you're going to compete, how you're going to compete. So if you go to Amazon, there's some people, um, an Amazon brand, some people are competing on price. Um, Amazon, if, if it's a popular item, Amazon's going to compete with you. Yeah. Um, so they have the Amazon Shady. basics and that's a, we could have a whole nother. Discussion. I know, I know. I've heard stories. <laughs> but so. the, the, the point is, is you have to figure out what makes your, um, uh, sales proposition unique. And that's what we need to protect. And so, um, a lot of times it, it's very difficult to roll out a, a, a young brand. And so you really want to have a, a name or something that people that, that would be called, um, fanciful or, or, um, unique that people are going to remember. And maybe it's the colors or maybe it's a product that really is in need and you're a unique supplier of that product. 
And let's and talk by about talking to a brand attorney and, and, you know, sometimes you need a brander. There's no doubt about that. I mean, but for any solopreneur or small company, it's really just sitting down with your team and figuring out what's the essence of that. And then talking to someone like me who can kind of pick out those protectable items. If you so, don't protect and, and, it. And that's kind of what I want to talk about because you sure. said this three or four times during this last answer and I mm-hmm. keep hearing it. So in terms of intellectual property, right? Um, you, you make a name, a logo, color scheme, whatever an image can be, you know, like Puma is just the Puma. Um, how do you protect your brand before you launch or is it after you launch? I mean, I know a lot of when you're on the USPTO.gov site, they want to see the, you know, um, that you showed it in public, right? Yeah. Uh, and so um, date of commerce, first use in commerce or whatever. So like imagine I'm an entrepreneur who who knows nothing about branding or trademarking or patenting or anything like that. And what would you say the top three things this entrepreneur should do with their brand, their name, their logo, their color scheme, any of the things that they're doing that is the essence of their business? What are the top three things they should do? Sure. So the number one is is what's called brand clearance. And so say I was going to um, create a podcast that has the name of this podcast. Um, I Please don't do that. <laughs> I, exactly. But number one. Um, and so you really have to do a deep search to figure out if there's someone using that particular name. And so um, that that involves a lot more than going to the USPTO um, yes. website. So it's always important at the very beginning when you're doing talking about brand clearance that you go to an attorney. We offer a free initial consult and we do free knockouts, which is cool. kind of unusual in my field. But the software is really good. Um, and we're able to tell pretty early on, is there going to be issues with trying to protect that brand? And so you, you want to have a, a brand that's, that's protectable. And again, that's why it's a lot of times important to have a unique, um, name or a unique, right. um, identifier, what's called a source identifier. It's not impossible, but, but it can be difficult. Now, what do you think about using a name that already exists, but for a completely different industry? That's, that can be okay. It's, it's surprising. But so, for example, we're using Zoom right now. If I use Zoom right. for a car, yeah. um, you're, you're allowed to. to be able to, right. And it, it's entirely possible. So um, there's 45 different categories of of um, goods and services that the mm-hmm. trademark office looks at. And that's worldwide. Um, and so if it's in a completely different category and the name is the same, we might be able to get that through. Um, it's just a matter of being able to speak legal jargon to get through to the office at the USPTO, right? Basically, it's it's very technical. Let's put it this way, Jason. <laughs> um, I use a lot of the um, money that this firm makes is for is when people screw this all up um, <sighs> and kind of do it all them. They come to you after the like, fact. Oh well, you know, there's a how to video. Um, there's it's a very nuanced area. Because again, we started the conversation. Well, what is a brand? And a brand is a lot of different things. It's, right. And, and so it, it could be color scheme. It's, it's, you know, when you next time you walk into, um, a target or something, look at, look at the customer experience of so all the elements of that they're using to, to show that brand. It might be the target. It might be the word target. It might be some of the slogans they're using, which right now is like, um, a lot about equity, um, social justice, all those things are their brand. 
So, so you, you mentioned you know that target you mentioned you're fixing a lot of people's issues, right? They're coming to you because they're probably getting office actions or they're probably getting rejected or whatever the problem is, um, or they just don't know how to fill out the forms because it is technical. I want to talk about that for a second. So sure. when someone comes to you and they screwed mm-hmm. it all up, what is like the top one or two mistakes that they made that people can now avoid by listening to you here? Sure. So a lot of times... Um, the biggest issue is that they're confusing with another mark. And so they don't see it. They don't think that that it might not be a, a linear kind of like zoom versus zoom. It it might be Can something. Can you give an example? Um, Anything zoom at all? versus zone. So okay. I had a service that started with ZO and then ME zone. Um, that Got it. the office might consider that similar. The, yeah. And so there's a lot of predictive algorithms that are in software that we use that can determine whether the, the you have to get into the office examiner's head on, on that particular issue. The other thing is sometimes it makes it through the USPTO process. Like the examiner is just one person and they have um, thousands of marks <laughs> to process. But then all of a sudden you get a, a, a cease and desist letter um, or you get what's called a... Um, a cancellation or a um, yeah a, a cancellation um, proceeding from from a third party and then it can even get escalated to federal court um wow. now are they right a lot of times it's it's nuanced it's they have a lot of money they have lawyers startup or, yeah and so it's a it's an exercise in how are we going to get you from point a saving this brand to point b negotiating with them to to um have them back down um is is a complicated exercise. And so not only can it be litigious. Go ahead. You mentioned using software and technology. I'm really interested in that because I'm a techie. I'm I'm a techie, right? You're, oh, a, sport, so- you're a sports guy. Shout out to the Denver's Denver Nuggets, right? <laughs> yeah, and, Nuggets. And, and and here I am, a techie, wanting to know how technology and software is helping you do better sure. legal work. That sounds interesting to me. Yeah. So I built this whole practice. I had a technology company before this, oh, um, cool. and so it was education tech. Um, we had predictive al- algorithms for school districts. So I came into this about 10 years ago, very tech oriented. And I noticed, and attorneys aren't. Um, right. It's paperwork. <laughs> yeah. It's just not, we were never trained in technology. I mean, they taught us how to use like Westlaw because it's lucrative for Westlaw, but um, it does, it's a research service. Um, anyway, the point is, is um, I, I, I saw that there was a tremendous amount of room to use best in class technology um, legal tech and combine that with things that are never going to be like empathy, um, good guys, lawyering. Do you use AI advocacy. at all? What? Are you using AI at all? Artificial yes. intelligence? Uh-huh. And how are That's you using That's a lot that? of AI. Yeah. So in a, especially in the trademark search. So we have a product called Total TM. I productized it, um, which is basically best-in-class technology combined with really specialized lawyering to get a trademark through at about, uh, it's a, at a very a relatively low price point, especially compared to what the a competitor would charge. So it's not as cheap as like LegalZoom, but it's it's not LegalZoom. It's, it's right. actual brand protection. So um, in that process, we send out to a service in Switzerland that slices and dices that mark in so many different ways mm. using AI. To try and to really so, figure out if it's protectable. Yeah. 
And, and yeah, just, well, not only is it protectable, is it going to infringe on someone else's mark? Someone, yeah, and you just mentioned, um, you know, how. Um, the, so you were just mentioning how um, legal zoom isn't really, you know, brand protection. Why is that? What's why is that a myth or a misconception, or is it not? Well, I mean, I, I I'm not here to diss any. No, no I'm not it, either. I've used trademarkia before. You the know, the so. class is called legal filing services, and so and I also do a lot of business law. Well, you get this. So you get a call. There's, and I'm going to a, a, a different part of my practice right now, but you get a call like, we're fighting. The partners are fighting. All right. Well, let's see the operating agreement if it's an LLC or let's see right. the bylaws if it's a corporation. Corporation. Yeah. Yeah. And you get, you get, you get this. It's just template boilerplate. And so if you're paying like $200 or something for them to prepare the forms, well, no one's ever put any human analysis in that. Or if they right. have, it's they have a little time clock for whoever the attorney is like spend no more than point two. Whereas like right is not is not brand protection. So we flat fee it. Um our process is a little less than a thousand dollars. Um but we prep flat fee it and we include predictive algorithms, uh, algorithmic searches. You can call me as many times as you want about anything. You're a client. I want to build a relationship with you. That's cool. frankly, Jason, it's like our loss leader. Like I look at the yeah, I, I, I can I can imagine because we've um, I've been through so many startups in in twenty years that I had to get lawyers for all sorts of different things, whether it was creating the bylaws and the cap table because that stuff back in the day before software was pretty difficult, uh, and making sure that we're protected. Then the trademarks and you know uh, uh, provisional patents and you know God knows how many things I've gone through in my life, and I had to learn a lot of that because it was expensive and we were startups. Um, so I guess what we can do here is uh, you can tell people how you can help them and where they can find out how to how to book your service. Sure. So everyone has a story and everyone has their own entrepreneurial journey. I've been through it myself. And so um, we offer what I want to do and what we offer is we have free initial consults. And um, we also tend to be very project based and project based means we, we kind of get our arms around what you need and create a flat fee project cost for that. And so if you want to, because I think people just hate calling and thinking that the attorneys yeah. are $150 an hour or whatever it is. Yeah. And then it's, well, yeah. And then they get a bill. It's like, well, I did was call like, you know, so we don't, two grand. We don't yeah. <laughs> so this, this practice is framed around not doing that. That's cool. um, and so, but I want to, I have to get to know the client and I have to get to know what their entrepreneurial journey is. So we offer consults and uh, all you have to do is email me at S-W-E-I-G-L-E-R at EmergeConsult.com or look at our website, which is www.emergeconsel.com. And there's a place to do, just to schedule. And you're either going to schedule time with me or um, my colleague, Marie, um, and we're we we tend to be a very empathetic, um, human-oriented um, shop. And there's no question too small, no question too big. Our clients are all over the world. Um, and we've just, we've kind of combined really good technology and really good lawyering to make a really human experience. And our goal is to get our entrepreneurs from point A to point B. I love that, Stephen. Check out EmergeCouncil.com. I'll put it in the show notes. Make sure you check it out if you need legal counsel. And again, Stephen, that was awesome. Appreciate it. And hope you guys all uh, watch the next episode. 
Hope you enjoyed the episode. If you learned something today, please support this podcast by subscribing to it, sharing it with your friends, and leaving a five-star review. You can learn more about me at jasonsherman.org, where you'll find information about my book, also called Strap on Your Boots, available on Amazon, as well as my course called Startup Essentials on Udemy or Skillshare. I'll see you in next week's episode.